Hamilton Tiger Cats fans. You're not done here, Tiger Cats. We have the Tiger Cats info you need on their road to Regina here on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. From the Tiger Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Ticats today for a Thursday, November the 3rd, 2022. Thanks for checking us out on the Ticats Audio Network. We've got another jam-packed show for you today, so I don't want to waste any time. We're going to get right into it. Uh, coming up on today's show, from the CFL on TSN, Matthew Shinetti is going to be by. He was at practice today, which was a closed practice, so we didn't even get to watch anything, but we did get to talk, and uh, we'll get to that conversation coming up. Uh, I also had a chance to catch up one-on-one with Jovan Santos Knox, the team's nominee for most outstanding defensive player. He's also a CFL East Division All-Star. Had a chance to go one-on-one with Micah Johnson. We'll play that for you. And uh, from post-practice availabilities, we'll hear from the head coach of the Ticats, Orlando Steinauer. And we'll hear from uh, All-Star, East Division All-Star, Tunde Adelike as well. And, uh, well, let's get to it. The news of the day, of course, is that uh, there were some changes to the All-Star edition. There was a corrected list of All-Stars. In case you missed it, uh, there was some tabulation and weighting of votes errors. Uh, So there were some changes. And the CFL did release a statement offering its sincere apologies to everyone involved. Uh, They've issued an apology to the CFLPA. And uh, they say, quote, the responsibility for the mistake was solely with CFL and not those who cast ballots or the CFLPA. And uh, with that, the Ticats... Uh, were with the Calgary Stampeders for the most players named as All-Stars. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, 11 Ticats. That's uh, four more than were originally announced. Uh, and let's run through them again for you. Tim White, Stephen Dunbar Jr., Brandon Revenberg. Uh, some changes. Julian Hauser, now an East Division All-Star for the first time, which is crazy to think that this is the first time uh, he's been a East Division All-Star. Micah Johnson is an all, a Divisional All-Star for the fifth time in his career, first as a member in the East. Jovan Santos-Knox, he's still an All-Star. Cam Kelly, which is one that I pointed out yesterday, well, I was a little confused about, but uh, all makes sense there, is Cam Kelly, Jamal Roll, Richard Leonard, Tunde Adelike, and Seth Small. Also named an All-Star, and uh, before practice started, as is it usually the case, Seth Small was one of the first on the football field today. Uh, just shook his hand real quick, uh, congratulated him. He said it was actually Cariel Brooks who texted him uh, yesterday uh, to let him know that he was an All-Star, but uh, very cool to see Seth Small, uh, not only the team's nominee for Rookie of the Year and most outstanding special teams player, uh, but now an All-Star as well. So congrats to uh to Seth Small, and I, I congratulated him on his award, and he said uh, the only one that matters is the Great Cup, and uh, uh, he's honored to, to be named, but uh, he's looking for that bigger one. So uh, there were some changes. Uh, we'll try to catch up with all the All-Stars, and as mentioned, I went one-on-one with Micah Johnson and Jovan Santos-Knox. Um, we'll get to those conversations coming up later on in the show. It was a closed practice, and so nothing I can really tell you. I, in fact, asked Coach what he saw at practice, since the rest of us couldn't watch. Here's what he had to say after practice, and we caught up to with him. Yeah, just ready to go, just prepared, um, anxious, um, a lot of competition, people competing out there. Um, you know, we're coaches, execution and satisfaction are uh, not where it needs to be. 
but um, like the direction we're heading and into day three. Yeah, like he can get hot in a hurry. Like he's he's uh, he's proven it. You know, he's he's uh, you know he's a champion in this league. He understands and he's done it um, in various spots on the team. You know what I mean? As a backup, obviously he was in Toronto when I was there and different things. So he knows what it looks like. And uh, he's proven, so he's he's got them in a role. He's get, helped get them to a home playoff game. So, um, you know, that's the history, that's the resume. But you know, the lead up is fun, but you got to play the game. Well, not to state the obvious, but you know, there's, you know, their crowd is is definitely going to play a factor. It's always a tough, tough place to play. It gets really loud in there, and you know, we, you know, we're trying to, you know, prepare the best we can for that. And so I think that's that's it. But other than that, it's football. You know, yeah, they're going to get to sleep in their own bed if they so choose and all those other things and the familiarity of it. But once it comes down to football, it, it's just football. So, um, yeah, I think home home field, generally speaking, is an advantage. Uh, we're not afforded that. Um, but we're excited to see where our football team's at on Sunday. Well, you can score a lot of points. You could do that. Uh, <clears throat> You know, the challenge is they're, they're usually loudest when our offense is on the field, right? So it's going to be hard to quiet them down, but that's that's it. That's the advantage of playing at home. And so we, we don't worry about that. We can't control it. But obviously, if you if you put points on the board and you, you're able to get control of a football game, that usually helps subside it. But even even so, they're, uh, they're going to back their football team regardless of, of where they're at in the game. Well, he's able to get the job done, right? Be it as a starter, as a backup. Um, it's that simple, you know. I could get into fine fixtures and details, but it's it's really that he's willing to do whatever role it takes. And you know, obviously, the one that stands out the biggest is is the East Final last year uh, when we had that two quarterback thing going. And I just uh, you know, it's you know, in, in big games, you, you got to perform, and that's not just Dane. That's that's everybody, right? Our coach's job is to prepare, and the player's job is to perform, and so. Um, you know, Dane's proven that he can perform on the biggest stage. Um, how is he feeling this week so far? Uh, he's a better one to ask. Uh, he hasn't missed any reps, to be honest with you. He's He's been out there. Uh, yeah, you're going to see tape on there, but he can make all the throws. If you're out there, you still can hear the ball whistling through the air. Um, Dane will be fine. That is the head coach and president of football ops, Orlando Steinauer, as we caught up with him after practice. And as always, full practice scrums available at tycats.ca. That's where you'll be able to hear the full comments of Tunde Adelike as we caught up with him today after practice. Here's what he had to say about being named an All-Star. Uh, it just means a lot to get uh, recognized by other coaches in the PA for for things you do. And it's like you get shown or seen for three hours, but you put in a lot of work in the practice and and meetings and things like that. So it's always nice to get recognized, but at the end of the day, we're, we're all just here for one thing. We're here to win a, a great cup. Uh, it's like everyone everyone knows they have a, they have a good receiving core, and with Stanback back, they have a solid running back and a solid group of running backs, actually. So, yeah, they're, they're an all-around good offense. They're, Trevor Harris is a seasoned quarterback. So we've played these guys a good amount of time to understand what, they, what they're going to do to try to beat us, and... And they're gonna know what we're gonna do to try to beat them. So it's just whoever whoever plays their best football. Uh, it, it's one of the best things to have is, is a veteran room and, and a veteran room with a bunch of guys who have played into the playoffs and in great cups and in big games. So yeah, like when we're in meetings, it's when we correct things, it's not always our coach coming at us and saying you need to fix this and and guys get a little bit of a big head. It's a lot of times it's just another guy saying hey like 
you need to work on this. And, and when your peer corrects you, it's a, it's a little bit like easier to, to take and, and you want to fix it because that's the guy you're battling on the field with, you know? So I think that's the best thing about having this group is we're out there trying to get each other better every day. And if one of us makes a play, we'll say you can make a better play kind of thing, you know? So that's the best thing about our group. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's like a seasoned vet, right? So he's a very good rhythm quarterback. If you, if you let him you know, get a little bit of a rhythm, get like three, four completions, he's just going to feed off that and keep going, you know? So you have to disrupt his, uh, you got to disrupt him and you got to disrupt that offense. So, and that's, that's almost with every quarterback, to be honest, if, if you, if you let them get started, they're, they're going to heat up and they're going to kill you, you know? So we just got to play our football and, and play how we played all year and just finish. And that is Tunde Adelike as we caught up with him after practice. You can go to tightcats.ca to hear his full comments uh, as well, uh, as he is a East Division All-Star, as is Micah Johnson and Jovan Santos-Knox. And I had a chance to catch up with each of those men one-on-one, and we'll play those back-to-back here. And we'll start with Micah Johnson and how he felt about being named an All-Star. Um... Honestly, to me, it means a lot, bro. Like, I, I take, you know, the fo- not to say that no one else does, everybody else does, but I take, you know, this football stuff real serious. So, you know, for me, just the fact that you're away from your family, like you have to be, the sacrifice you have to make, you know, all the work you're putting in behind the scenes, that's really what it makes it feel real good, bro, for all those times and all the sacrifice to kind of just not just kind of and I mean, even if even if it was even if I wasn't all star, not to say it wouldn't, but you know, just it just feels good, bro. You want to be recognized anytime you're doing something, doing something for as long as I have. And then, like you said, it being my first year in the East, coming to a new team, um, you know, what I'm saying it definitely meant a lot. You know, this year, I, I have a feeling uh, a lot of this is because of the success of your teammates, though, too, mm-hmm. right? You look at you know, Malik doesn't put up seven sacks if you're not getting double teamed, right? Uh, you know, House isn't putting up the number. So. Uh, what does it mean with the teammates that you have around you? Yeah. And to see House get recognized, too, what does that mean to you? It means dope, man. Uh, D-tackle is one of them positions um, that you kind of just kind of learn, that you just do a lot of dirty work and a lot of unsung stuff. And um, at times like that, it's when you kind of hoping, you know, the media and the fans and everybody's paying attention to the little stuff, you know, because as a D-tackle, you can play a great game and literally, like, you might get a tackle or you won't get a sack. And it's like you, your coach is telling you, but you played awesome. So you're kind of hoping that you get recognized for that and just people aren't just looking at the, you know, the sack columns and stuff like that. So um, for me, I've always had pride, you know, um, of, you know, trying to open up things for guys around me. And, um, you know, that's always been my track record. And anybody that plays, you know, outside of me, like, yeah, like, you're going to have a season, bro. Like, I'm going to open it up for you. I'm going to work with you. And, you know, I have pride in that. So. Every, go ahead. Yeah, you played in a lot of talented rooms, right? You played with a lot of talented D lines. This one seems like the perfect mix of that veteran and those young guys who come in eager to prove, like Mo coming in, or you know Malik or Wilcott, a, a young guy who's got something to prove. Why does it? Yeah. Am I reading that right? That it just yeah, feels yeah. like the perfect mix. Of it does. Um, it's that's football is a funny thing. It's a funny place because you know everything is young 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 and if you really know ball like that you know young doesn't always win you championships you know what I'm saying because it's the whole mental aspect of the game that people try not to look at so for us it was just like you know you know me Teddy Julian you know just trying to provide you know leadership and just be somebody that the guys could talk to just showing them all the little stuff and just things they're not even talking about like you said they all hungry crazy athletic you got a guy like Mace that can rush inside literally all along the line um Malik 
we call him Scoop. I mean, just the fact that that what he does on special teams and then lines up and does it. Like I don't see how he does it. Like he's a flat out monster and just a rush like he does. And then you know what I'm saying you got Julian that just literally does everything. So you got it right. I think it's a good mix, and you got a lot of guys with a lot of different tools in their belt. So I just think it helps us out and makes us versatile. And you got guys that can play all up the line. Um, when you look at this Montreal team, their run game is obviously a big part of it. You haven't seen Stan back this mm. year, but you know what he can uh, can do. But you guys, number one run defense in the league. It feels like uh, something's got to give here. Yeah, uh, I like it, dog. It remind me like like I came up in the SEC where it was it was bully ball. Like you getting 40, 40 runs a game. So for me, it's like hell yeah. Like let's bite down and see what happens. But. I mean, they're 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 a good they're a good offensive team. They got a good scheme, and you know they got three very good backs. You said, like you said, stand back leads it. Um, I think everybody sees the size and the power and everything like that. But the biggest thing to me that I see with him is his great vision, sets up his runs well, and then he has the quickness to be able to get out on the edge. And now he's out on the edge, rolling downhill. You know, on your secondary guys, and you know that's a tough sled. And so for us, it's just kind of trying to contain them, keep them in that box, keep them in between the tackles. You know, get multiple hits on them and just kind of get his feet stuttering. But when he can just hit things straight, then, you know, it's big-time problems, a real powerful back. Um, the offensive line does a good job blocking for him well. So it's just going to be a physical, physical game, man. And, um, you know, we, we believe in ourselves from that aspect. Uh, what's the key to getting in uh, Trevor Harris's grill? How are you going to disrupt his day to, to keep him off his toes? Because, you know, when he has time, you got a guy like Eugene Lewis in the in the receiving game. How do you, how do you create problems for Trevor? For uh, Trevor, uh Trevor's one of the, uh, not one of the few, but he really steps up in the pocket um, really on his last drop drop when he gets that ball and he's stepping up two, three yards into the pocket. So for us inside, it's just critical for our push and our havoc. We're reaching inside because he, he really doesn't like when he feels that pressure up the middle, you know what I mean? And that's what when he can step up in a clean pocket and he'll throw the ball all over the field. So for us interior, really having pride and just being real disruptive. Um, inside and just trying to keep pressure in his face you know and a lot of times it doesn't mean you're getting sacks but it's so much altered throws and so much different things that you want to do throwing off timing and things he's a real rhythm quarterback so for us it's just about kind of creating havoc up the middle and you know trying to break that rhythm and stop the run game get him out the short game why do you believe in this group in that room <laughs> it's easy for me just because what i've seen us go through this year this year was crazy um like when i chose to come here you know this wasn't what you were expecting. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It the wasn't journey. necessarily what you were expecting. It's just like, well, you know, you're in free agency. You, yeah. you know, thank God I had a lot of options, a lot of different teams that wanted me. So I chose to come here to Hamilton. So for me, it was like, okay, you know, you choose somewhere. I felt like the leadership, everything, staff, everything. Like, you know, I can just come in and play ball. And so seeing them going to the Great Cup back to back, when we're looking at you know what I'm saying, we're one and five ish and stuff. It's like, yo, this is rough right now. You know what I mean? But Coach O came in there every week, man, and said he believed in us, and I watched the guys grind through it. Like, I watched everybody in this locker room grind through it. You know what I'm saying? And it was ugly, and it was dark at times. The guys still, um, you know, held the head and came in here and worked. And I watched us change the course of our season. And I don't think, you know, when we're sitting there one and five, I don't think most people are expecting us to get to the playoffs or, you know, be able to win five of the last six, however much we did. So, for me, I just believe I saw us do it. I saw us grind through it. Like, I think – you know, I think we're one of the most battle-tested teams out there. Yeah, you know, it's an honor. You know, there's a lot of great players in this league. So to be, you know, selected as, you know, you know, one of the top at your position, you know, it's always a, uh, it's an honor. And especially seeing all the guys, you know, um, we got a bunch of guys, 11, I think, named to the All-Star. So, uh, you know, it's just a testament to the great players we have on this team. Does it make it more special considering 
everything this team has been through this season. It's been a lot this year. <laughs> like we, I, I really feel like it's been a long season, but um, you know, we've grown so much, and just to see like how we finish compared to where we start. You know, we're not done, nowhere near to where we want to be done yet. Um, but just the growth of this team, it shows. I think it shows with those eleven picks. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Mike about this. Like, you know, he said I was a free agent. I had a lot of teams that wanted me. I wanted to come here. And things didn't go the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. But is that the story of the 2022 Tigers? You know, we had such huge expectations. I remember going into the season, um, and we kind of got humbled. We were humbled, you know. Um, you know, season, you know, it's a long season. Injuries happen. Things happen in the season you can't account for. So, um, um, you know, we did have huge goals. But, you know, the great thing about this sport is that all the goals we wanted are still in front of us, you know. Obviously, we want to go undefeated. That's the only thing that we can't do now. But everything we want is still out there. Yeah. Um, this Montreal offense got three-headed monsters. Mm -hmm. at running back they have the east mop nominee in eugene lewis who particularly against the ticats seems to make those big plays late in the fourth quarter third downs right i mean what what's the key when it comes to slowing this offense down i mean you just said it they got players all over the field i mean and they're being led by trevor harris who you know long time leader in this league who's been very successful you know has had his runs in this league so um you know they're a very potent offense um eugene is just a special, unique player. Um, you know, you got to just try to tame him as much as you can because I don't really think they're stopping him completely. Um, and then, like you said, you know, they're getting the groove back. They got stand back back. So, like, they got three really solid, like, three really great running backs. Um, and they do a lot of different things, and they, they play well together. So, um, it's a definitely a big challenge, and we're looking forward to it, though. So, you know, it's part of football. And that is Jovan Santos-Knox. And before that, Micah Johnson, as I had a chance to catch up with each of those men one-on-one -on -one after practice today about being named an East Division All-Star and getting set for Sunday's East Final. Uh, for more, I'm very pleased now to be joined by the CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti. And uh, Matthew, going off what we just heard from, uh, from Micah there a few minutes ago, he was talking about how this team is special. This team is battle-tested. You've seen, you've watched a lot of this team over the years. Why is this group different? I think when you look at Louis, what happened against Calgary, against Edmonton, when they, I think about that that Calgary game when Dave Dickinson's looking at me, <laughs> coming into half, coming into the second half, uh, he must have laid into his team at that point, uh, and then to watch the Ticats give that game away, um, turnovers were. Uh, a real bugaboo for this team, especially those first few weeks of the season. Then you compound that with the injuries, not just to the offensive line, uh, not just to Simone Lawrence, not just to their quarterback, but everywhere. Yeah. Um, and to see that messaging, to know that Micah said to, uh, said to us that there were times where he wanted to apologize to the coaching staff because he felt the players weren't for measuring up. And, and then to see, again, to put the attention on Micah, yeah. the... Um, the way the defensive line has really become the defensive line in, in this league, stopping the run as they have, what they did to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here just a, about a month ago to really propel them forward towards this playoff push. Um, you know, I asked it of Orlando Steinauer, um, experience is a key for this team. Uh, Micah wasn't part of those two great cup losses, mind you, but 2018, he was, he was all world in terms of being a defensive tackle. So, um, this team, that experience, the way they've learned lessons uh, is definitely going to benefit them going into the East semifinal. Uh, Tunde mentioned it. you got to be hot at the right time. This team's hot, 5-1 and one their last six, four in a row. How much does momentum play into this in your experience watching 
teams at this time of year seem to figure it out? And, and what's the counter if, if you're Montreal? Hamilton wants to have the momentum because they don't want Trevor Harris to have it because they have seen Trevor Harris in playoff games come and, and there's always this perceived knock on, on Harris that he doesn't perform in playoffs, but those first couple of weeks, whether it's in the semifinal or, or the East final that he started in, he becomes automatic if you give him an opportunity. And the one thing that uh, when I was saying to Adela Kay and asked him about was just when you look at that secondary, Cariel Brooks, Jamal Rule, even though Richard Litter wasn't here last year, he'd yeah. been there in 2019. Um, these are all guys who play together. And in this league, with as much turnover as there always is in the CFL, to have a group of five guys in your secondary who understand each other, uh, you know, Delicay said it, we can call each other out. And it's not, no one takes it personally. Uh, that is real key going into a situation, knowing that you're facing a team uh, that has... Uh, three running backs that can cause a lot of problems, but mainly William Stanback, who, although Delicay said he wants to go low on him, uh, this is a guy who will hit you, hit you, hit you, and then hit you again. The Ticats have a guy like that in, in Wes Hills, as, as he was telling us too. Um, but this this is going to be a game where, uh, yes, turnovers are always important in any game, especially the playoffs, but establishing that line of scrimmage early. The Ticats know all about it in their runs to, to uh, two straight great cups. It's going to be beneficial uh, not only offensively for uh, Dane Evans and if, you know, Tommy Condell decides to work in a little Matthew Schultz and Wes Hills, mm -hmm. but uh, defensively as well, given how dominant the, their, their defensive line has been. Establishing the line of scrimmage will benefit Adela Kay and the rest of the secondary. Uh, you brought up turnovers. Uh, the stat, reading the uh, stat packs that are put out by the league, the Tigers fumbled the ball 27 times times this season their opponent fumbled the ball nine times 27 fumbles a lot of those lost and a lot of those on dane yep. who has figured it out it seems lately on protecting the football but i mean coach uh, coach sal talked about this this week what's what's the leash on dane with a guy like matthew Schultz? yeah i think that's going to be a question because as well as and orlando steiner talked about it today dane knows how to win you playoff games uh you know certainly his his uh his signature moment was the East final coming in last year and, 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 the, and the comeback that he had against, uh, against the, uh, mm -hmm. the Argos. But ball security is key. Like you, you, it's going to be loud there. They have uh, a good defense as well. It is, uh, especially if, if Dane feels, if Harris does get hot and Dane feels, not that he has to force it, but mm -hmm. that he has to go, hey, like we got to score points here. It's about keeping having that communication between Dame and Condell and 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 Coach Steinauer, and making sure that he is okay. Like just staying in the game, and he knows how to stay in the moment. What's going to be interesting though is what does Tommy Condell have uh, up his sleeve? Because you and I have seen it before, especially in playoff games. There is one coach, offensive coach in this league, who really does take his days off, or sorry, not days off, sorry, his closed practices, I should say, very seriously, and that's Tommy Condell because he's someone who wants to put something exotic in, something try something different. So I don't necessarily think it's a leash that's on Dave Evans, but I think that uh, he will do something early to try to go ahead, maybe instill confidence in Day and his offense, but do something to unsettle Montreal defensively. Uh, Montreal's the home team, but do you get the sense that the Ticats are feeling more pressure in this game? This team came in with one goal, which is to win the Grey Cup. Um, you were here, Louis, last year when they lost it. And uh, as much as we keep talking about the dynasty that the that the Blue Bombers are trying to build, the Ticats could be saying the same thing. If not for two games, the Ticats would be the ones looking at uh, three-peating. Um, 
<laughs> when I said to Orlando Steiner, I'm going to ask you something I've always asked you, he had a bit of a chuckle because I, I, I have asked him routinely the value of the experience on this team, not because I'm trying to be repetitive. I mean, even in 2019, you were asking that question about teams that went to back-to-back great cups. Because, yeah. but, but, <laughs> the, but, the, but the thing is, is that the one thing about the Ticats, and I, and, and I know it gets tiresome to bring it up, is there's a culture here. And there are guys who have been here before, and they have, they have. It's not, it's not so much to be generic, but as the season goes on, to go back to, to Micah's point, these are guys who know how to fix problems and know how to fix stuff. And when you have guys who know what it's like to go to a Grey Cup, um, lose one, lose another one at home, it's not an indictment on them. But these guys become battle tested, they become weathered, and they know how to go ahead and walk into. Um, Percival Molson uh, with that crowd as it will be. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them because um, there are so many great leaders on this team who have excelled in, in big moments, but they haven't been to that big moment yet. Um, and it's not that Montreal has nothing to lose. They have, I mean, Trevor Harris is, is a guy still wanting to to start in a great cup and win it on his own. William Stanback wants to prove to the whole league that he should have been the MOP a few, a few years ago. Like there are, you know, Eugene Lewis wants to finally have his big East final and or great cup moments. So there's pressure on both sides, but particularly for the Ticats, knowing everything that they've tr- had to overcome this season, the, the mistakes and the, in- and the turnovers and the injuries. Yeah, they, they, they have set themselves as a veteran group who expects to win on Sunday. Uh, we're going to miss you after this week, but uh, best of luck uh, with the World Cup coverage. Uh, I'll miss you, Louis. I thank I, you, man. Louis, I Louis, that. Louis, like you know, listen. I, yeah, I, I, hey. I miss our, I miss our chats on the on the sidelines. I don't see you often enough, uh, but there's uh, the one thing I will miss. If it happens to be an East final, and I and I make no predictions, you know that. But if it happens to be an East final between the Argos and the Ticats at uh, at BMO. Um, as much as uh, yes, the World Cup and, and a World Cup like this is a, is a once in a lifetime. There is very there is nothing to compare to the 2013 East Final. There's nothing comp- there. You know the energy of, of last year's East Final in 2021. Um, for the fifth time, if it is Argos Ticats, it'll be something. It'll also be something if it's Al's Argos. But uh, I'll, I will be missing uh, I'll be missing my CFL family. And Matthew Shinetti will definitely be missed by the uh, CFL family as uh, he gets set to head to Bahrain to cover the World Cup on TSN. Uh, my thanks to Matthew for joining me. My thanks to Micah and Jovan as well. And my thanks to you uh, because you are the reason we do this show every day. That's why we call it Tie Cats today. And speaking of which, we'll be here tomorrow to finish off the week ahead of Sunday's East semi-final. We'll talk to you then from all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network from Louis Butko. Hope you have a great day. The Ticats begin the playoffs. Hopefully you'll see us again coming down King or Main Street when it really counts. (laughs) And you'll hear it all here on the Ticats Audio Network.